welcome to Doing the Work, Frontline Stories of Social Change, where we bring you stories of real people working to address real issues. I am your host, Shimon Cohen. I'm excited to let everyone know about the Doing the Work collection in partnership with Things Social Workers Say. We've got hoodies, tees, mugs, and tote bags. Now you can rep the podcast you love while you're doing the work. Check out the link in the show notes and head on over to the store. Thanks for supporting this work. In this episode, I talk with Nicole Vasquez and Susana Victoria Paras about critical race theory in social work practice. Nicole brought the fire on episode 37, Critical Race Theory in Social Work, and I'm so excited and honored to have her back. Nicole is a critical race scholar, the former field director and chair designee at Cal State Dominguez Hills MSW program, and currently runs Vasquez Consulting. She is a queer Afro-Latinx cisgender woman of Mexican-American and Panamanian parents. Susana is a justice healing-based therapist in South Central Los Angeles, California, and a former school social worker. She is a mother, partner, daughter of Guatemalan immigrant parents, and on the path to liberation, healing, and restoration. Nicole and Susana cover so much in this episode. They talk about the micro-macro divide and how that separation is challenged by CRT. They discuss how CRT provides a framework to be grounded in an understanding of positionality and power and get into specific examples of how to apply the tenets of CRT to social work practice. Susana stresses the importance of interconnectedness and how she now practices in a way where she looks at how these tenets, quote, live in the body, quote, rather than only intellectually. Nicole explains how to utilize CRT in having a historical and contextual understanding of the forces impacting people's lives, put together with practitioner humility to work authentically and collaboratively with people rather than from a savioristic, paternalistic approach. They explain how CRT's critique of liberalism, individualism, shows us how liberalism blames people for their conditions and takes so much away from us, especially community and culture. We explore ways social work and social work education perpetuate oppression. We discuss how the social work concept of professionalism can separate us, and they explain how separation comes from colonization and white supremacy, and that connection and healing comes from ancestral, indigenous ways. Susana talks about feeling limited by CRT and shares what she calls healing justice work. We also talk about if social work can truly be decolonized. Nicole and Susana's message is deeply transformative and uplifting. I hope this conversation inspires you to action. Before we get into the interview, I want to let you all know about our episode's sponsor, the University of Tennessee Knoxville College of Social Work. First off, I want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast. UTK has a phenomenal social work program. With the opportunity to do your bachelor's, master's, and doctorate of social work online. Of course, they also have excellent classes in person in both Knoxville and Nashville. UTK is committed to preparing social workers who will support human potential and dignity and challenge racism and all forms of oppression. Scholarships are available. 
go to www.csw.utk.edu to learn more. And now, the interview. Hey, Nicole and Susana, I am so excited to have this time with both of you on the podcast. So I'm super grateful to both of you for coming on. Nicole, as a return guest, and Susana, as your first time on here, but hopefully not the last, and to talk about critical race theory and clinical social work practice, community-based practice. So thank you, and let's jump right into it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So what does it look like to use critical race theory in your social work practice? Um, It's interesting. And, you know, I I say this all the time that uh, critical race theory courses through my veins. So for me, it's not so much using it in, in social work practice. Like I have no other way to see the world. So it's how I live my my everyday life. Um, what CRT has done for me is it's provided an understanding of why things are the way they are um, so that then um, I apply it to the work that I do. So um, I'm not an LCSW. I don't practice, you know, clinical social work. Um, but I will say, you know, that macro social workers have to employ their clinical skills in the work that they do. So, you know, the last job that I had at Dominguez Hills as a field director, I worked with students I taught. Um, You have to bring your your clinical training and your clinical lens into the classroom in order to be an effective um, facilitator, instructor. Um, And you have to bring it as an administrator when you're working with clients. Again, I was a field director. So, um, so, so I'll say that in terms of like how I bring it to my work, it's like how I approach my life. And maybe that's a very general answer, but um, I'm sure we'll get more into more detail as we go on. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, yes, yes to everything that Nicole said in terms of it being um, really a worldview, a way that, that you, ori- you are oriented, that your body, your relationships, um, everything kind of shapes. Um, so for me, really, any anti-oppressive, um, anti-racist, um, all, all, all those are critical, um, you know, pedagogy and understanding, you know, around um, really the ordering of the world. Um, and so I think for, yes, I, I want to echo that, that I think it's really understanding how does, um, how do these systems, you know, kind of live in my everyday. Um, and so to, to really do the, the clinical practice, it, I mean, it, it's such an intimate space is that to, I understand these frameworks and these theories um, that, that they necessitate us bringing them to life, depending on our context. Um, so for me, it looks like really I'll speak to you know a lot in the schools. Um, that's really where I, I feel like I was able to apply and practice and approach um, CRT. And it really was through you know I, I would always say this: it's it's almost felt like a superpower that when the person you know that body and that human entered the room, and and we began to to sh- uh, to story tell right, to just really just share um, um, whatever came up. Um, that, that I that then the context started to be painted. So for me, CRT is like this paintbrush. You know, I just kind of start like it allows me to just paint the context. 
adults. Um, so understanding positionality, my relationship and positionality to power. Um, and so who is in front of me and understanding their, their cords, um, their positionality and power and then mine. And so where are we in the web? Um, and so I, under, I, I understand that to be very important in my clinic or approach and practice is because then I have to know how to move in that space, both emotionally, spiritually, and physically um, in that. Uh, and I'm, I'm really happy to elaborate more, uh, but I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah, I mean, I think just in what both of you said there, you know, it brings up the fact that we make these separations and right away you're like, no, <laughs> like CRT is a way to say there shouldn't also be that separation with the with life and with our approach mm -hmm. um, as people and as social workers and our understanding of the world and practice. And I think that's really important. You know, um, that's what I'm get. That's part of what I'm getting from what both of you just said. Yeah, that that that's exactly right. It 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 really is. Um, even you know, as Nicole, you were saying, you know, the uh, being being macro oriented, right? It's the, even just that, even just that, the right, the the separation of I'm I'm I would be considered micro, and you'll be macro. I don't. I never understood that, and I still don't. So for me, it's been unlearning those binaries and and unlearning um those categories, which I understand can be helpful for 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 things, but for the purpose of of this work and our conversation is is that it's not because because it's all interconnected. Um, so yeah, thank you for elevating that. Sure, yeah. I think um, for me too, you know, the the previous podcast with Dr. Abrams and myself, we, we went over the tenets and this is, you know, more about practice, but I think we can talk about how the tenets help to in, inform our practice. So, you know, like when Susie's talking about unlearning and relearning um, and and divorcing ourselves from, from these binaries, that... I mean, I think in, in order for folks to kind of start to think about how you integrate critical race theory, like what makes critical race theory so special and so different, right? It's like things like the tenets help to make us more effective practitioners. For example, the critique of liberalism, for me, what the critique of liberalism does is it helps me to question everything. Because um, liberalism is tied to, you know, this idea of rugged individualism, um, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, this, you know, like the, the American way of life, right? And, and um, it's the critique of liberalism, it's critiquing that, right? So it helps for um, me to question why, why do we have this micro macro divide? Why is, you know, the organization that I work for, why do they have these practices? Why does the intake form look this way? Who is it marginalizing? Um, because it's constantly, because we have a dominant narrative, what CRT allows us to do is to, you know, bringing in another tenet, the tenet of counter narratives, it reminds us of the necessity to elevate um, people from marginalized groups, people who have not people from marginalized groups, but people who have been individuals who have been marginalized and oppressed um, and continue to be. Yeah, Nicole, you know, I, I agree with what you were saying just there, like 100%. I think that it's been really helpful for me to understand, to, to really start getting more into like what liberalism means. It's, it's like CRT really brought that to the forefront for me. And, and once you start seeing it that way, you know, it's like in the matrix. Um, I can't remember which color pill it is when like once you take it, like you there's no going back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I haven't watched yes. that movie again. It, 
I feel like I completely missed a lot. <laughs> I think, I wait, the red pill or the blue pill? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's such a good question. <laughs> but, like, once you take it, it's like, you know, you can't go back. And, and, I, and I think that, like, you know, because I, I teach, right? And, like, one of the things that comes up is if I'm providing, like, historical context, right? Sometimes practitioners or students are like, okay, but what do I do with this? You know, and that's part of what I wanted to really get into, like, in our conversation is, like, let's start with that. Like, let's start with liberalism, right? And, like, Susana, like, you're, you have this history of working in the schools, and then you have your current private practice. So, like, how does the critique of liberalism play out, like, in real life, you know, practice for you? Yeah. Um, I'll take another tenant, but I, I, I can come back to that just because my mind was already going with something um, around sure. the tenant. But it, it made me think of even I think one of the questions around like clinical practices and, and, and how they connect to CRT. I, um, I'm, I'm trying to recall that question, but it made me think of like I mean, just the, like the storytelling, you know, and, and I know it's like counter narrative storytelling, the role of storytelling. But that piece, I think, is so important. And, and I think I. Now it feels like, well, everyone's story tells. So it also t- sometimes feels a little more diluted and like it, it kind of loses its, 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 its essence, you know? And, 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 but I think if just really remembering like what, what storytelling is for me, it's, it's really, it's vulnerability. Um, it's, it's, it's nothing but vulnerability. Um, and so w- when I think about, you know, the, the this tenant, it, this, it's so crucial, the importance of, of these counter narratives, but not just like as the person who is has been historically marginalized, but really understanding what happens in that exchange, you know, in that relationship, because we're all a part of this web, you know, we're all a part of, of all of this. All of this touches me, it touches you, it touches Nicole, um, it touches all the folks that we teach and work and all, right? And so so it's I, I, it's really that interconnectedness, you know, of that relationship um, that then when that is safe, you know, and, and I don't think we need, you know, one needs to be no, you know, or no CRT to create, you know, safe, dignified space. You know, I think that that really that really can come in many ways is that then these these counter narratives start 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 flowing and, and through those really, um, you know, because I had the frameworks of CRT here. And then I would hear the stories of the moms, you know, of the students, of, of the of the kids. And so they would they would say, you know, you know, fucking cops, you know, just always harassing me, you know, just when I come in, you know, I'm not doing shit, you know, like I just need to go to class. Right? So, so even just that understanding, well, there's there's a counter narrative right there. there. There's there's a there's a there's a refusal. There's a challenge, you know, to a dominant kind of, you know, and so for me, it's then um understanding what is that counter narrative and then how am I connected to it beyond just us two individuals in the world it it really just speaks to like it opens up the world because their their counter narratives and therefore a relationship really then then speaks and and puts a really big light on what what's not okay what doesn't work um which really begins to be I think more of the status quo practices or you know, racism, white supremacy in, in all these spaces um, that just eventually creeps out. So for me, this like, OK, the storytelling, but storytelling for what, you know, and for who? Um, it's like, OK, it's important to tell stories, but what do, what do it really mean? And for me, those are really deep cultural practices, very sacred practices, you know, like they're platicas, you know, like when you go to the neighbors, you know, home and you just you start talking, right? Like that, that that's that's a way of being in relationship. So that that's one, you know, as, as you all, you know, where, where I was hearing you, I made me think of, of just 
really. But I, you know, I'm giving that words now, you know, like 10 years into this, right? When I was in it, it was really like clunky. It was really clumsy. It was really like, uh, I don't know how to connect because very intellectual. And so now for me, it's, it's really more understanding how do these things live in the body, right? So how does the, the, the tenant of, of storytelling, right? What, how does that make me feel? What is it, what sensations come to, you know, or even just hearing um, the critique of liberalism. So it's really centering the body. Um, and, and, and I think um, really speaks to me in how I bring these um, tenets to life. Yeah. Um, I think too, the, what CRT does is, you know, we go into whatever space, whatever interaction we have with another human being, and we have, you know, counter narratives in mind, um, we want to elevate, but the the tenets allow us to have some sort of foundation of understanding um, that person's lived experience. And what I'm hearing in what Susie said, like Su- Susanna, when you talked about having, um, you said something about a dignified space uh, that just says so much there, right? You're coming into that space with humility for one. So counter narratives isn't about, and Susanna, you also talk about the, your positionality and how you come in with um, a, in, in a position of power. Right. Um, and you know that and being aware of that and keeping that at the forefront of your mind takes a lot of humility. Right. So you, you go into that space thinking I'm going to center this person's narrative, their counter narrative, their story. But I, in my, in this, now I can speak for myself, like the tenets though, help me to understand what, you know, however this person identifies how history has marginalized and oppressed people from, you know, those, those groups. And I'm not articulating myself very well, but I, because I think that we have to check ourselves when we're coming in, um, in with the position of power, I mean, and, you know, the, the students that are out there, um, listening and educators and social workers, you come in and we choose this, um, profession because we quote unquote, want to help people, right? We want to help those people who have problems, who have been through trauma. I'm coming in with my education and I'm going to help you. So I'm going to listen to your story and I'm going to listen to your counter narrative, right? But, what CRT does for me is helps me to understand that history and everything that comes with that person, that all that history comes in with that person as they come into the space in whatever space you're working with them in. So that's why humility is so key when we're doing this work, because then, you know, I'm not someone in a position of power saying, I'm really going to listen to your story. I know, you know, you're oppressed and I'm going to go into those communities and help those people as the savior and to help them because I have something, you know, to give you. Um, you're coming into this space knowing those, the history behind it and with the humility of like, we're going to work together to, um, to get you to a better place. Yes, there's so much work to what you're saying, Nicole. Like, just even before, right? Like, even before, what do you do with this tenant? Like, there's so much pre work that just like goes, right. and that's just all depend. Like, 
I can't answer how do you do or what do you do with this because it just depends on so many things, right? So I understand the, and I get the impulse, right? Because it's, it really is a very deep curiosity, wondering and wanting to really like apply and take this on. But, and also it, it's such a deep process. And I think that really also should be centered in the how to do CRT in practice. Um, feels very much about being in community with folks who are doing it, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no one way, like, just like everything, like, it, it depends, it depends, it depends on, on, on everything. Um, but but to the, the critique of liberalism and how that, how, how does one use or how do I use it? Well, already I'm like, okay, just the critique of liberalism, uh, the, the focus on, on individual rights, right? Or in, uh, on individualism. Um, so that in itself is that I have to understand that that is the air that we breathe, you know, that is, that is part of the logic and the order of, of, of everything. So even in our, in our field that, that is about care, um, because I also think our, our field is about carcerality. So that's why I say care in quotes, like, um, that, that when that, that wants to be like the center or that wants to be like what we're guided by, um, well, first we have to understand what, what, what juices are we all like in, you know, what are we all marinating in? We're all marinating in the same juices, juices of, individual, of, of, of liberalism, right? So that does need to be critiqued. That is, that is part of, 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 the, of the issue of white supremacy, of capitalism, right? Of, of imperialism it, is that you want to privatize, you want to commodify everything. And it's about individual gain and, and wealth, and, right? So, so even care, right? So when someone needs help, well, you should have done something, right? Like the, the, that logic wants to be, well, this person should have done something to not be in these conditions, right? And so we're never looking at the conditions. We're looking at what folks didn't or didn't or could do. Maybe they should get to more therapy, right? Or maybe they should, you know, do some CBT. Like, like it, 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 it really does it. It misses the conditions, right? It misses really the point. Um, so all right. That's not even me talking to anyone. Like that's me coming in with all this mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. And then literally, how does my body move when I understand that I'm already working in a school system that is centered and founded on, on liberalism and individualism and all of that, right? So it's like, it just is. It just is. And so if I already know, I already know the story. I already know how this story goes, right? Then I'm not, I'm not fearful in how I move because I know what, yeah, I know what's, I know what's right, right? Or not right. I know what, what is, right? And so, anyways, we can get all, all like existential to this, but like, but I, yeah, I think it's just really that, that point of like, it just allow, allow for your process to be on your timeline because you really have to allow this to just trickle and go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. I'm so deep that I saw that CRT is also limiting for me, right? Like there's more, like that's one entry point. So uh, yeah, I'll pause there. You know, as Susanna was talking, I was thinking too, that just that focus on individualism and the critique of, uh, of liberalism and what that takes away from us, right? Um, One of the questions that you had us kind of ponder Shimon was like, how do we decolonize this work? Um, And, for me, it's about going back to indigenous ways of knowing, you know, how the critique, how liberalism, like Susanna was saying, like forces us to be individualistic, puts the blame on the individual. Therefore, when we think that way, then it's up to the, the in one person to quote unquote, write themselves or, you know, or to get help when 
you know, what is it? We are not islands amongst ourselves, you know, like we need community to work together. And that's what liberalism does is it actively works against that. So decolonizing is another word that's, you know, unfortunately, I think being thrown out there because really, I mean, decol like decolonizing, you know, the, the classroom or institutions, that means we're not sitting inside the classroom. <laughs> we're, we're sitting outside on the grass. You know, we're having conversations. We don't have grades. That's what decolonizing is. We really want to talk about it. So what does decolonizing look like and what, how can we practice it? I think for it is going to require us to go back to indigenous ways of knowing. Um, and, and that goes back to what's been taken from us as people of color, um, as a descendants of Africa, for myself, as a descendants of Africans, uh, um, descendants of um, indigenous peoples here. Um, and that these are very communal, you know, uh, communities, right? That we all have always leaned on each other and worked together to, to solve problems. Um, yeah, I'll just give a little bit of background. My mom's from Panama. My grandfather, my maternal grandfather was from Martinique. So that's where my slave history comes from. My dad, um, was Mexican American. His parents were from Chihuahua. So, um, you know, I have indigenous roots here in, in what is now can, you know, called the United States and, and in the Caribbean and, and in Central America. And, you know, it permeates, uh, all of these things permeate internationally um, and globally as well. I want to add to, yes, like to, to uh, echo and, and add, I was thinking about this question. So I, you know, speaking of, you know, our, our processes, you know, this word when I first heard it years ago was initially like, wow, like just, wow, you know, and, 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 and I wanted to understand it and I, and I wanted to like wear it and, and do it and, 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 and know, like, just, just really be in it. Um, now where I am is when I saw your, your question, what I wanted to say was like, we can't um, because we are on stolen land. Uh, so I, I don't, that's it. We can't because, uh, you know, and so to your question, even like, you know, we, we wouldn't even be in classrooms. We wouldn't recognize this world like that. That's how I would know, you know, that, that it's that shifted is that I would be deeply confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I go to like, um, uh, to Fanon, you know, I haven't read Fanon, but like, I, I, so I'm not even gonna, I'm not even trying to like, uh, per- perform knowing Fanon, but, but, but what I do know and what I have kind of reflected and, 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 and held or sat with is, you know, Fanon talks about that de- to decol, to decolonize, it means that it, it's replacing one order with another. That's going to require violence. And like you, you're, 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 you're remote, you're, you're completely just what is like gutting it, boom, out. And then something else or just complete, right? Like, and so I, 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 yeah, I sit with that very, in a different way, um, these days and to understand that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, I was in another, um, uh, Zoom, uh, event on decolonizing social work. I was like, can those two words go together? And that was one of the conversations in, or the point in that conversation. Um, I think it was, oh, Mimi Kim um, was speaking to uh, from uh, Cal State uh, University Long Beach 
um, they were they were also deeply like confused. Like, I don't know, can these two words be together? Decolonizing and social work. And so I, I, I love just the question. So I love elevating contradictions and asking questions and that the questions can be guiding and that we actually should be sitting with the contradictions and it's not just one or the other. So I, just, I wanted to add all that. So thank you, Nicole. For- thank you. Sorry, just really quickly, I wanted to co-sign on that um, That shout out to Mimi Kim. Mimi's amazing. Mimi's been doing the work for a yep. while, for a minute, before she was a social worker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. Now, go ahead, Shimon. No, no. I love that both of you like went straight to the decolonized <laughs> <laughs> question. Um, it's because words get, you know, language gets vocabulary, gets co-opted. It gets co-opted and, you know, Susanna already talked about how stuff gets watered down and it's just the next thing to like grab onto and then we still don't get anywhere. Yeah. So now I've started to then I say like, I'm a settler of color. I like, I am a settler of color. So uh, someone who, you know, the settlers came and, 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 and took over the land, right. And dispossessed and killed. So I, I am that too. I am not native to, I'm on Tongva land. And even that name is for those who are not native to that, right. That's a very also watered down name for non-native folks, you know? And so, so even just the, just that of just sitting with that of like, I, I don't, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm sure I could trace, you know, through my parents, through Guatemala, you know, and indigenous, but, but I don't, I think it's really important too, that just because I'm a, I would be in the BIPOC category that it, it also, the, the power, power just really, really does interesting. Like it works very, it's very dynamic. And so, so it, it, it's that I also inhabit and embody a lot of power um, in, in spaces. And so a settler of color being one of them is that I'm not native to the lands that I live and work on um, at all, at all far from it. But, but I, I want to be, I'm going to take care of them and I'm going to honor them and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and I'm going to treat them with dignity. Right. So, so it's very much about how do we, what's our relationship to the earth, to the land, right. To really um, native ways of, 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 of seeing the world. Um, and then how, what's the quality of our relationships and really in all our spheres. Cause I, I come on here as a social worker, but I'm, I'm not bounded to, to that role by any, I'm, I'm much more than that. Right. And so, so all these things feel really important to, to name. So yeah. Thank you, Nicole and Shimon for the question. Yeah. I mean, you just said so much that got me thinking that I'm trying to even figure out how to like articulate it all right now, because I was thinking about one thing and then that part you said at the end, like not being bound to social work, like that resonates so strongly with me because I've felt this pull at different times where people are like, you know, I I know people who it's like, they are like, I'm like, they're, they're like a social worker through and through and like, that's their full identity and they've never questioned or doubted or regretted being a social worker and like I do not feel that way and I've never felt that way for me it's always been something that I'm like I'm me first like I'm me first and everything that means (laughs) which I can't fully put into words and like social work was something I got into because like of the combination of like, I had already been doing activism and like radical activism. And then it was like, I started doing some social service stuff because it was like an extension of that, but it also was like a job, you know? And like, we all need to have jobs. Mm -hmm. So it was like a job that Mm -hmm. could like fit my my like worldview, you know? But like then, and I said this actually in a talk the other day, um, 
and I know this is more about me interviewing you all, but I'm just going to say this part. Um, Please. Because I said this in a talk the other day. It was like, you know, I did like organizing and like activism and stuff before I became a social worker. And what social work education did for me was actually train a lot of that out of me. Yes. Mm. And train me in very oppressive ways that I'm like still unlearning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of like what we were talking about, like what you two are talking about is like all this work we have to do before we're even with people. (laughs) Like before. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like if we're going to talk about clinical work, it's like before we even like (laughs) in a clinical session, we got a lot of work, like, right. And, um, Mm -hmm. yes. And then the other thing I was thinking of is I think the first time, like, you know, and maybe I was kind of late to this, but, um, in like my early twenties, I would say, uh, late, you know, like 19, 20, 21, that's when I started learning about like the black Panther party Mm -hmm. and the American Indian movement and like started like listening to like like John Trudell and I even got to see him speak and he I remember him talking about um colonization and what colonization does to the earth and all mm-hmm. like the toxic waste that's produced by mining mm-hmm. like uranium mining in particular mm-hmm. and what it's done to like indigenous people in 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 that land and then he talked about colonization of the mind and the toxic waste that's like anxiety and self-hatred and like mm-hmm. That, when I heard him say that, it was like one of the most mind-blowing experiences I think I've had. It completely shifted, like, ways I think about the world, you know? And just when you two were talking about that, it it actually just brought me right back Mm. to that experience. Mm -hmm. (sighs) That makes me think of um, the NAP ministry. NAP is in siesta. So I wanted to put that out there for folks who aren't, um, if you just Google nap ministry podcast, that also just like helped to remind me. Um, and it was a, it was a different way of, um, understanding capitalism and what it does to us. Um, and how, uh, rest is so important and how it's, it, goes against, you know, liberalism, it goes against capitalism and how that is necessary. Um, so I just, I just saw this as an opportunity to put that plug out there because, um, it helped, it really helped put things in perspective for me in terms of how I approach my work, how much I work, um, a reminder of like, what's important. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you. But yeah, I, I wanted to add, um, my my uh my spirit my heart was just just moving just moving as you all were talking um yeah that's really that's really key is that that for me and 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 elevating both what you were saying the this piece of like actually the my social work education you know really really did it's really I, I ingested a lot of toxins through that I mean and really solidified a lot of things that I already was conditioned with you know before coming into grad school or you know wherever I, I landed you know in higher education and and so I yeah for me it was also you know now and and, and understanding again CRT being one of many entry points you know mm-hmm. to to doing anti-oppressive and really not just anti-oppressive for me is really then 
I, I'm, I'm not about reforming systems, right? I'm not interested in reforming. I'm not interested in, 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 in substitutes. And so I understand that that are, you know, that, that may put me somewhere else in relationship to my colleagues, right? Because that, that's, that, that's saying, right? That's really, that's really kind of to your point of like, over, you're thinking about decolonizing, we wouldn't even have institutions. Um, and so right. for me, I, I, you know, I remember saying it like early on, but not really understanding why in, in the depths of it. But like, I came out of grad school knowing and, and and then saying like i need to work myself out of this profession like that's how i know like when you know i don't know some change transformation something is you don't need me right or, or you don't need us through kind of the professionalized way because i think there's a way that we we come together because we're really offering care we're really offering just a collective care that is so crucial to our existence right to our existence in institutions to our existence in our homes to our existence in 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 anywhere that we are um and so for me it's i, I love crt right and and i wear like you know i was never a girl scout or you know did any of that but like a badge right like in that way of like just a, a like of, of like wow yeah like i really took my time with this and what crt led me to was like i started just hitting something like like a, like hitting i'm like ah there's something else and i need you know, and it was really that um, that none of this belongs to us. Um, all all, all the to- toxicity, it is not mine. It is not ours. And so when I think about healing justice work, um, that really kind of like incorporates, I think, a lot of these things that we're speaking to, um, then we're really getting, I think, to to the root of a lot of this. Uh, and and I appreciate you know being in spaces where. No, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not bounded to social work. Social work has is very harmful, um, field, uh, deeply harmful. I, I have friends, right, who don't, don't practice, right, and are deeply hurt and resentful and rageful at what these institutions and organizations have done, right? I, I'm interested right now where I am. I'm working outside of the institution now and I worked in there for, for the time that I did over a decade is that now I'm understanding that I, I can help, you know, kind of um, build some sort of kind of care for for our, for social workers who are still in, in systems, who mm-hmm. their health, right? This field takes people's health. Like, it takes away people's spirit. Right? Like, you can't tell me, like, folks who, who you know, work in, in ch- as child social workers, right, as protective services, like, yeah, there's some that stay, right, but that's not that's not the majority. Right. And so for me, like there's a crisis we have in our field of, of how deeply um, unhealthy and and harming, um, you know, these environments become so, so rest, right. Collective care, just all those things that seem so basic, um, but, but actually challenge everything. So um, thank you. I love how, you know, we, we start with like, at least I had this intention of like clinical practice and immediately it's like, okay, we're not going to do that separation, you know? <laughs> and then we're in this deep conversation about like decolonization and abolishing all institutions. <laughs> and, um, and I love it. And I, and I, and what, you know, and part of what I'm thinking about is like, so what are like, what are the conversations when you're practicing that bring all this together, you know, look like, right? So like, you know, back to your example, Susana, when you've got a student comes in is like, you know, the the effing cops Mm -hmm. and and all that, you know, what is that? How do you create that space? Because you actually, and Nicole picked up on this, you said something about creating safety with dignity, but but for you to do that, a lot, you had to do a lot of work to even get to that Mm -hmm. point so, so that this person 
knows that you see their full humanity and their dignity, that they're even going to talk to you like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, you said it like seeing just the, their deep humanity. Um, you know, I think that that's so much, so something, you know, I would love to, to somehow write about it more, talk about it more. <clears throat> but for me, therapy is, is, is just a phenomenal, um, magical healing space because for me, and, and I, I try to somehow express this to folks that I work with. Um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think that it will come true through in the same way, but I really, when I come into session, like, I am deep, like my soul is like touched and moved, right? Like, and so, and, and, and I, I think that's, that's, that's a pretty, like a, a common experience. And, and what for me specifically, it's because I don't see myself apart from or disconnected from kind of, it's a, not an island, right? This young person actually who I'm specifically um, thinking when, when I, when I said that, I like that. That, I mean, not biologically, right? But that—that is—that was my brother, right? At that age, that—that that could be my brother. That is my brother, right? That—and that, that is my—I am connected to this other human being, right? Going, understanding the world in, in reciprocal, you know, being reciprocal and mutual and, and, and collective. Then I am connected to this person, right? They—they they are a mirror, right? They are my mirror, and so I'm seeing them. There's a part that I—I I see in myself when I see them, and so if I don't—if I don't. See see myself in them if I don't see myself as part of the you know part of you know whatever words want to be named it's it's none of this shit works right like the CRT we get to be talking about ethnics we can talk about anything right but but it really is like all the like oppression toxicity right like all of this has deeply disconnected us and take so that's how I do it right is that I can say that right is that when I begin to know and learn someone because of that exchange, right, dignified space, and they begin to tell me, and now there's common, now there's patterns, right? Because it's not just like the, the police officer who treats them a particular way. Now it's the teacher, right? Now now it's that counselor. Now it's, the, now, and so, and then I'm hearing all these stories. I don't do research, you know, in, 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 in the way that it's known, but I am collecting a whole bunch of data and evidence, right? Because Every story has a pattern, right? These are different folks who don't know or probably will never know each other that I've worked, right, in, in, in hospital settings, in school settings, in home settings, in, in, in all these settings, right? And, and, and it's very much about somehow I did this to create this and I am at fault and the shame and the guilt just immobilizes, right? And so it's like, take this shit off of you. Right. And so I have to take, that's a parallel process. I want to take that off of that 16 year old young man. How do you do that? And so what I say, so when I sit with them, right, it, it's like, and, and th again, this is really like in building that relationship and building that safety, I'll begin to say things like, you know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that you've had this experience over and over. This is not the first time you've had this experience, right? How does that feel in your body? And we begin to name sensations. Right here, I feel, da, 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 you know, I feel hot, I feel heat. And then we name that heat. And I was like, okay, that heat, is, what is it trying to tell you? Right? And then da, 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 it'll come out. You know, I, should, I shouldn't trust, I shouldn't trust them. Okay, that's a story that you're living from, right? That's a story. Let's identify that story. And when I say name that story to them, what I mean is let, let's identify the dominant narrative, right? So racism as ordinary, there's the tenant, right? Like racism as ordinary right there because they're telling you that at every corner, 
there, there is a constricting experience for them. It is not expansive to be in relationship with these folks at school. It's constricting. So constriction, we are defending. We're getting ready to do something because this doesn't feel safe. So, so then I say that and I say, you know, it, it, you know, I notice that you can speak about that here, right? What, what allows for that? What allows for that? What, what, how does your body cue your signal to you that it's okay for you to have shared, right? Well, I can breathe or like, you know, I feel like, you know, I can, I can just do, you know, and, and like their body speaks so much. Okay. So that's a story. Let's, that, let's, let's think about how that story has shaped you, right? What, what that story has made you believe, right? Is, is that, is that really who you are? Or is this a part of you? And then now we're getting into, this is a story that's been told about you and that's been placed on you, but who are you? beyond right this this narrative of being a kid who's in trouble and who's going to get suspended because it's the kid that keeps acting out oh and so so understanding that the acting out has a purpose so in session we're learning purpose of self right and and what i mean by that is just like we all have these parts that come in that can get us in trouble because of the conditions and environment, but, but that has a purpose and a role. It's, it's protecting you in some way. And so we have to keep protecting because we have to keep existing. So I say, okay, so that's a form of protection. So there's a story that is told about you and about people that look like you. We know that that's not the whole truth, right? There's so much more. There's all these parts and we spend a whole bunch of time learning our parts through art, through movement, through laughter, I have them nap, right? Like that, that's also, a, you need to rest, right? And so we give them, we say nap, right? That's not, that's not an intervention that I can, that I can, you know, talk to my supervisor necessarily about, but, but I can learn how to navigate and how to word it as such. Um, and so, so it's naming the story. It's naming the dominant narrative. It's um, using the stories that, that folks share with you, those deep, uh, like morsels of, 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 of experiences and then seeing the patterns, the patterns, the patterns, there's binaries, there's values that we're, we're like forced to like abide by. Who are you outside of these stories? Who are you outside of these values that are told by your parents, by your schools, by your community, by the, you know, so conditioning. And I use that word, your socialization, that's your wiring. That's how you're conditioned. What do we need to rewire? Is this what you want to have wired? You know, so th- I can keep going. I'll pause there. And, and um, but I, I, those are some ways that I can recall, like in, in that moment, what, how, how we're kind of moving and navigating through this. And that's the end of our podcast. That was beautiful. <laughs> like we should just end it right there. Like I was just sitting here in awe, like that's, Fucking beautiful. Yo, and I can't do this without doing it for myself, right? Like I have to sit in my shit and be like, oh, I didn't feel worthy of this care, right? Like I thought that because I wasn't like my brother who looked like this person, that somehow I was apart from this, right? And so now my my impulse is to go towards people. So so much of this is informed by again my positionality to power, right? And my conditioning and my socialization. Um, and so every person that I sit with. They're my mom. They're a character in my storyline. They're my mom. They're my dad. They're my grandma. They're my neighbor. They're my cousin. They're my brother. And so I heal myself through hearing them and how, how and how we're co-healing, right? And like we're just sharing this medicine, right? It's just like, oh, when I hear them, like, boom, I'm like, oh, like, and that lights up something for me. Just how it's happening to us right now, like our nervous system. It feels like it's it's co- we're co-regulating each other, you know. So that that to me is powerful, right? And so again, yes, CRT and beyond CRT. 
I just, I have to reiterate for folks to know and understand that I can, I keep going back to humility. Um, know that Susanna goes into the space when she's working with a client, she's going into work with that client, not for them and not to help them. That is fundamental. Like folks need to hear that, feel it, sit in it, swim in it. You need to hear that. It You're not coming in to, to help these people. And to me, like that's what is so key and also, like, when Susanna says that she does therapy, like, what I just heard is not what I learned in school. And it's not mm-hmm. what we read in textbooks, right? But it's effective. I will, yep. you know, bet you $10 million that it's effective, right? But yes. because she's coming from a place of of that, of community. She sees the person in front of her as a fellow human being that, you know, we're here to help each other. Um, and I'm going to learn in, you know, same as an instructor in the classroom, like you learn just as much, if not more from your students as they do from you. And you have to go Mm -hmm. in with that level of humility. And that's part of the work, you know, that Susanna is talking about. That's Mm -hmm. so hard for us to, because it is, it's that unlearning of like, I'm coming in because I have this degree. Mm -hmm. I went to X number of years of school and I've learned all this stuff. I've got my backpack full of tools (laughs) You know, and I'm ready to help solve your problems. You know, no, that's not, that's not what, you know, that's not what it's about at all. Yeah, at all. Oh, thank you, Nicole. At all. Like, and to your question of what gives me hope, right? Like, you know, I I taught like at, you know, for the first time at, at UCLA this past winter, like that class gave me so much hope, like all those students. And I hope they listen like, oh my gosh, like. Because it's that, right? Like what we're saying. Um, thank you, Nicole, for that. It's, yeah, because I went in there, like, my partner, he, he says, like, I, I, like, I know some shit, right? Like, but, but because I, I know what I know, I've, I also know that I'm not shit, right? I ain't shit and I'm the shit, right? Like, that it's both at the same time. It's like, because we learn so much, like, damn, we don't really, I don't really know that much. It's like, it's like it, it feels like that, that, that paradox, right? That the more you know, the less you know type of thing. But it really speaks to that humility, I think. And it really just begins to kind of like, the shit just begins to like crumble, right? Like what, what no longer like all this, all this conditioning that really forms every single part of us, right? Our desires, right? Like White supremacy, capitalism form our desires, right? Who we're attracted to, who who we spent, who everything, right? Everything, everything. Yes, we can connect everything to, to all of this, right? Is that like you begin to then like, oh my gosh, like how how can I be deeply complex, deeply paradoxical, deeply contradicting? Because that means I'm deeply human. That's all that contradiction to me means is that I'm deeply human, um, because I'm both and. Right. So I always walk in with the both and, you know, I'm, it's this and this that also looks like, yeah, I do this work and look at my, look at my, my lack of melanin, right? Like I'm an able body. I speak, I, you know, like I'm not threatening, like, and so I, I really move, can move in spaces. And before that was really shameful. And so part of that healing work is understanding like, oh, this shit was never mine, right? Like this shame and this guilt of taking up space, right? Of of, of like, oh yeah, gosh, I want to speak up, but I should, you know, whatever, whatever, because we all have it. I, I didn't create this. And so I'm going to spend the rest of my life because I'm clear on that. This is going to take my whole life 
to unlearn, right? And so who to go in there as a clinical expert, get the fuck out, right? Like, that's what that makes you want to do. It's like, no, no, because what do you need? And I'm, I'm here and I want to learn you, us, and then we can figure some shit out together. And, and, and no, I didn't learn that at grad school. And so I'm coming back home, coming back home to like, oh, it's being in conversation and in community and care with each other. It's, it's learning about just the, yeah, just the wholeness of us. So thank you for uplifting that. Yeah. I mean, the, the connection part, like everything you're saying is so powerful to me and it's, it's so important for this to get out there. And it's, it's been stuff. Some of this is like, come up on other interviews I've done because obviously of who the folks are who I have on here. <laughs> but like this idea of that professionalization separates mm-hmm. and in one of the terms, and I, I just have to say this because it's, I was thinking about it as you were speaking when you're like, that person is this person to me and that person to me. And before I even became a social worker, right? Like my first job in social services was I did street outreach uh, with homeless youth, right? Mm -hmm. And I like was, I did great with, like, I was cool with the youth. Like we were good. And like, and and a lot of it was because like I had had some similar experiences to them, right? Without getting into all that. And, but my issues were with actually like the, the administrators and like some of the staff, you know, Mm -hmm. and they actually told me I was over-identified. That was the word. And we use that that word in social work. Mm-hmm. We use it, over-identified. What does that even mean? It means you've probably had some similar experiences to these folks and what? You feel more connected to them? But we know that connection is part of that healing. So even that is like, look at what, what are we doing? You know, like, what are we doing? I didn't even know what that word meant when they told me that. When I worked mm-hmm. at that place, because I had like no, you know, like I had dropped out of college. I had I wasn't a social worker. I had no training except what they trained me. And then they're like, you need to have better boundaries and you're over-identified. <laughs> and I didn't know what either one of those two things yeah. meant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Same. So working on the boundaries part too. Both of them actually. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like, we're not robot. Like they, like what you want me to be a robot, you know, it's like fill out this form okay, now you ch- it's like A, B, or C, you know, you picked this, so I say this. No, like. Yes. I think that too, like when, when you show up authentically, you know, which is what you were doing uh, when you were doing street outreach, when you th- show up authentically, it means that you're, you're giving your whole self, right? And when you show up authentically and you've done that work, that critical self-analysis, that work that Susana is talking about, because there's a lot of work that goes into coming into a space confident as well, right? So like, um, it's one thing to be confident, it's another thing to come in with like a power trip, like that's a difference. There's a difference there. But when when you've done the work and you, you walk in with humility, I think that those, you know, for lack of a better term, like those boundaries are going to be there because the other person's going to see you and respect you for who you are because you're showing your full self. 
I, I think that I've had those experiences, right, where I show up authentically and I don't have to worry about the boundaries. I don't have to worry about them asking me for my cell phone number. Or can I friend you on social media or whatever? Because they know, you know, like they're getting enough um, or not enough, but they're getting what they need out of our relationship where they don't feel like it needs to, you know, go beyond that. Um, I truly believe that, you know, if you show up authentically, um, you know, that over identification or whatever, that's super problematic and how we place these terms, you know, on authentic yeah. relationships. Yeah. 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 It's part of like everything we're saying about like this, you know, about a white, white supremacy, capitalism, yeah, right. you know, individual liberalism, mm -hmm. you know, that we're all like separate, you know? Yeah. I was, as you were talking, right. I, I was, I was just thinking like, I, I really find myself speaking to more and more like, um, you know, even not even like seasoned social workers, right? Like these are also folks that are maybe been in the field one or two years, but again, deeply, deeply traumatized, deeply confused about what is it that they went to school for? Because what they're in is, is something completely, you know, just disorienting, you know? And, and so it, it's, it's, it's just can becoming just more and more and more and more evident. It's, it's, it's not working. Like just the, the way, like it, it it's not working how, how, that would be are being trained right but but that then i don't know i, I just it, it feels um to your what you were saying I, I was thinking right before someone about the over identifying piece um i was just thinking about that right before and i am so still i have a lot of rage and resentment um you know for 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 a lot of spaces and a lot of you know spaces that that made it so it questioned me in that way. Like it questioned my intuition. It, it questioned actually the way that I knew to be long before I went to grad school. Right. I knew how to like, you know, just, just be, just be. And, and, and that was, that was very much policed, you know? Mm. And so our, our values, our code of ethics, like all of that, which, you know, I, I, I know they're there, but I'm not invested. So when I do this, like, it's not that I don't care. It's that I'm not invest like, I'm not here for NASW, right? I'm not here for, for a board. I'm not here for like the institution, right? And that's what I said in the last panel. Like I'm here for, I'm here for like, I'm here for like, for us, right? Like I'm here for, I'm here for you. I'm here for me. Like, because that, that's where it feels like where it's at. So like, I really want to say that that was part of what gave me hope in this class where I would speak to this, right? Like, um, what kind of social worker do you want to be, right? What values do you want to be aligned with? Because our social work values and the ways that we're policed in them, they're very much white supremacist traits and characteristics. And so we did this in our class where we're like, let's look at, let's look at white supremacist traits and characteristics. Right? And, and it's perfectionism. It's, you know, the word, what is it? The value of the written word. It's, you know, it's, it's all these things, right? And then we looked at like, oh, these are practices, like these traits and characteristics, these values guide practices in my organization, right? In, in other classroom settings, in other spaces. And so it's like, oh, when, when then you begin to like, I, I've been, I've been uh, embodying and deploying white supremacist traits and characteristics. And that shows up in me. Um, and, 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 and we have to be real clear and real willing to like do that work because we miss that. That's deeply harmful to the folks that we work in, right? Because yes, while I'm saying that we're all human in this, I still have a position of power, right? That is afforded to me. That is not to the person across from me. Right? And so I'm going to, I'm going to, that is a deep responsibility. I'm not going to mess with that. Right. And my profession or this profession is not, is not, is not about the values that I'm about. And so I already know I cannot find 
what I need in this field, right? But but to your point, I'm here. I'm here. So now I'm going to look around and see who do I want to roll with, right? Who do I want to work with? Who do I want to fight with? Who do I want to organize with? Who do I want to create these practices with? And that's who I'm going to align with. So it gives me hope is continuing to align my values and and, and, and be right with myself and my spirit and my body because I am I am what all this work is going to be reflected out of. So, yeah, I want my shit to be quality. <laughs> so I, I do love taking, like, I take pride in my healing, you know, and my partner so, told me something beautiful. We just celebrated 17 years. He's like, I don't take your healing for granted right? because because also my healing has also allowed for deep humanity in my relationship, right? Where I've, I've been able to forgive myself and forgive, right? And really be, you know, all the, all the things we hear about abolition. I'm like, oh shit, that shit's showing up. Like I, I'm, I'm practicing some abolitionist values without necessarily identifying as such, because I'm also not going to claim that just because it's, it's the latest thing to do. And so we, we really, like, if we're about abolitionist, whatever we're about, then are you, how do you practice and how can we support you in that? Right. How can you, how can your, all our relationships reflect, be reflective, right? Because I think that's so beautiful what you, what you shared, right? That like you connected, you, you were just so deeply human with them. They felt safe and dignified with you. And then that was named and then that was shamed and judged, right? Like it's over identifying. And how many times did I not like second guess myself in session because this person was deeply feeling heard and seen by me. And so now I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing something wrong. Mm. And I had to go to supervision and correct it. Because it wasn't like, Susie, like, no, you're not doing anything wrong. It's like, oh, well, maybe I think about boundaries. So I already was, there was already a, a dominant narrative that I was being, you know, that I was moving the in. cop in your head. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what the? F-? So, mm-mm. so I refuse, I refuse, I refuse all this. And so... My healing is that, right? My healing is my refusal to this. And so you all allow me, like these conversations allow me to stay afloat in this profession. My vulnerability, my tenderness, my softness, my humility, right? Like, um, so yeah, yes, yes to all of this. So more of this, please. <laughs> um, I think it's a topic for a whole other podcast of like what happens when people react to your your authenticity, you know, yeah. I think one yeah. is they're threatened, right? Yeah. So like when you get um, identified as over identifying or not having boundaries, for me, it's one of two things. It's the person's threatened because you're, you're more effective in doing whatever you want to call your intervention than they are, right? This youth um, relates more to Shimon than he does to the MSW or the LCSW. That's a threat to that person, right? And then the other thing I think reaction is this doesn't, you know, like we're all trained in this institution, right? And in white supremacy and in capitalism. So what they're seeing you practice and what they're seeing you do is so outside the lines of what they were taught and what we've been socialized to believe as what the norm is for our entire lives. That's been reified for us for centuries, right? And that's scary. I mean, that's the other thing I think that what CRT helps me with is it it helps me to understand the history. So then therefore I can understand people's behaviors. So if someone, if my supervisor is being difficult and telling me that I'm over-identifying or don't have the right boundaries or whatever, it's helpful for me at least to understand where they're coming from. And and on some level, it's like, how could they think any different if this is the way they've been socialized, right? Because this this is, you know, going outside, it's breaking the walls of convention. 
And we do have to be aware of like how folks are going to react to that. Um, and we're seeing how people are reacting to it all across the country. Like people are directly targeting critical race theory. That's because they don't understand it and they see it as a threat to them. Um, you know, like I said, that's this topic of a whole other uh, podcast. But yeah, and some of them don't understand it, but they know it's about breaking down racism. And so right then and there, they don't want to deal with it either. And they want to shut it down. You know, well, it's about taking away their power. Right. Yeah. And they don't want to yeah. give it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. it just feels honestly even good to share that story about the over identification. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think I've even ever talked about it publicly. Cause that, mm-hmm. that like in that shame and embarrassment and also like, well, what are people going to think, you know? Cause, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, I've, I'm done with that. You know, I think that if anything, the last um, couple of years has taught me and what I went through at the last place I worked was just like, I'm, I'm done, like playing those games. Like I'm mm-hmm. done. I can't do it anymore. It's just so destructive. Absolutely. So, you know, it's nice to be, um, it feels really good to be talking with both of you who bring your full selves and have the the analysis and the approaches that you both have um because it it's a it's liberating like just the conversation feels liberating yeah you know and then it makes me know it makes me i already know but then it just makes me know even more about like the power of the work you're doing you know every day um which just it's again it's like a total honor to have both of you on here and I want to thank you again. And I want to thank you for doing the work. Thank you. Thank you, Shimon. You know, I said, yes, when you said it's liberating, because I mean, if anyone who's listening to this right now, just hear Susanna speak, like it's, it's so liberating. It's just like, I feel like Susanna says is able to articulate like what we're all feeling. Um, and, and she's also able to articulate like how to do it. And Susanna, I just want to tell you that how, what that does for me. And I want to thank you for that. Mm. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for the love. And right back at you, Nicole. It, it, you know, when I knew I was going to do this with you, uh, I, I, I knew, I knew like, I, you know, I, I can be an embody because, because you, you provide very dignified and safe space for me and have for, for many years now. So thank you. Thank you, sister. And, and I, and also just, you know, yeah. Um, I also want to give a shout out to ancestors because <laughs> I'll say this too, like grief, you know, grief work, grief process, just being human and losing, right. Not just even like people, right. But just, we all, we're all, we all lose. Right. And so we're always transforming and, we're always grieving something that, you know, could have been or would have wanted. So all the possibilities that no longer and, and all those futures that will no longer be. So I, I also a shout out to, to ancestors, to all the ancestors, to all those taken by the state, to all those, you know, taken by their own, you know, that take their own lives. Um, I'm celebrating uh, a two year anniversary of, of a good friend that passed, um, you know, that died by suicide two years ago. And I'm also celebrating 17 years of, of a lot of imperfections um 
you know, with, with this other human being. Um, and so I, I, I celebrate and give shout out and I'm very deeply rooted. And what allows me to do this is, is being deeply entrenched and submerged in, in cycles of life and death all the time, because that's, that's what we're moving through. And so you all, this conversation is protection for me. It's, it's, it's support. Um, and it's just, it's just dignified space to be in choice. Um, so I look forward to what we will continue to create. Um, you know, I, I didn't imagine not working in, in school systems or really in an institution. And so it's been something to create my practice, which is called Heal Together. And I deeply believe and am rooted in those values that we have to do this together. Thank you for doing doing the work. I love the, I love the name of your <laughs> podcast. Gracias, hermana. Thank you for listening to Doing the Work, Frontline Stories of Social Change. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please follow on Twitter and leave positive reviews on iTunes. If you're interested in being a guest or know someone who's doing great work, please get in touch. And thank you for doing real work to make this world a better place. Thank you.